It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. And a one as we say hi, good morning, good afternoon. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. This is VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher, of course, the big guy there, Michael Lombardi. How have we not gotten to three with Indy tonight hosting your boy Kenny Pickett in Indy? We'll get to, of course, Monday Night Football in a bit. But how about we start here, my man? A double dip for the Lombardis. Go, Matt. Wow. Go, Mick. Let's get it, right? Oh, my Good God. day at the Lombardis' been, house. I wish you'd have been at the house. You know, we got Bill, Anissa, Millie, and I were watching the game. I mean, I, I, I thought they was going to lose it about Tremendous. four times. And uh, I, what was impressive about the Josh Jacobs 86-yard run was how much faster he was than everybody on the field after he'd been toting the mail most of the game. I mean – Two things I learned about Josh Jacobs is he's faster than I think thought he was, A, and B, his hands are exceptional. They never use him in the passing game, but, man, he made two plays in the passing game that were just fabulous. And credit to the – look, the the Ravens – I mean, excuse me, the Raiders have been playing hard for McDaniels. They've been playing hard. They're not very good. They struggle. They're missing some players, but they fight. Other than the Orleans game, they have fought. But yesterday was the ultimate fight. To go up there and to win on the road in overtime, their second road game, your second overtime win, it's pretty impressive. 33 rushes for Jacobs, 229 yards. He doesn't look like he's moving that fast, kind of a la Eddie George. Even Emmett Smith didn't like he, look like Got he was moving Emmett that fast, him, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's natural. It's natural. He's, he's a born runner, like you say. He's out the crib. And he's a runner, and he's done a hell of a job, a concerted effort for the Raiders and a 40-34 overtime win, of course. You, you know, the one thing I want to point out here, and it's, it, I think it's important. Uh, last year, they played this playoff team that everybody talks about. You know, they, they played – you remember they played Kansas City at home. First play of the game, I think Jacobs fumbles. Mike Hughes picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown. That game ended up, what, 41-14. They just – quit the game was over but you know the game was done they, they just this game they throw an interception in the first play of the game and they're down seven nothing quickly and they come back and go 11 plays and tie the score 
different yep. team, different mindset, different toughness to this team. To me, what I watch them. Love to see it. Also love to see Carolina and Matt Lombardi pick up a win. I think Wilkes is going to get that job. I think he's going to keep the yeah. job because the team's been so competitive under him. I think, look, I, I said this on the podcast, Patrick, but think about this. And, I, and Matt Rule's getting announced today at, at, at Nebraska as the head coach. Congratulations, Matt. But yeah. the reality here is is if if York misses that 58-yard field goal, Carolina's 5-6, and six, and maybe Rule's still the coach. But credit Wilkes. I mean, Wilkes came in, he got the job, and he said, oh, look, I'm going to do it my way. I'm determined to do what I need to do. And he you know, got rid of Phil Snow. He got rid of some of Matt Rule's main guys that are no long, that weren't with him, that were with him for a long time. And he's kind of run the program. And he got rid of Robbie Anderson, who he didn't want on the team. And he's kind of held the players accountable. And they, play, they played hard. To me, that game yesterday was an example of one team's listening to their coach, the other team's not. And that's where I was on the pod today. Like, I, I look, Nathaniel Hackett, I don't really know him. I know his dad really well. I love his dad. I learned a lot of football from his father. But there is a time in a business that's worth billions that they're, they're, the time is now. Like, if they continue to go on with this, they're just allowing it to happen. Let's start there. Before we do, I just want an answer because we're, we're, we'll tease it and come back and cap it. Are you surprised Indy hasn't gone to three hosting Pittsburgh tonight? Yeah, I am. I am. Okay. Don't, I mean, don't, I, don't I, I really am. I mean, I, 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 to me, it's the perfect – I mean, Indy's defense can carry them. I said this on Russo on Friday. You know, Russo was talking about how, you know, Jeff Saturday. I said, Christopher, you and I are doing the same. I mean, the only difference between Saturday and you and me is we have a cocktail on our hand. He doesn't. Like, he's not doing anything. This defense is carrying him. We'll get to that game coming up in just a bit. We close out week 12 in Indy. Just a little surprise. The number actually kind of scares me a little bit as an Indy backer tonight, but we shall see. Uh, okay, so we've got Russ talking. You saw what happened. Hackett's going to go. Uh, whether or not they get rid of him during the season, it's almost like you put him out the pasture because he's well in over his head. Uh, this yeah. team has been a disaster. It's one of the worst offenses we've seen. I mean, it's really just about as bad as it gets offensively. Why don't we start there with Russ and Nathaniel Hackett and what to do moving forward for the Raiders here? Well, I, I think to me, you know, Nathaniel, ha I, the reason I think you have to do something now is because Denver's going to become a better's best friend because the effort, the intensity wasn't there yesterday. That team didn't play hard. They're not listening to their coach. They're not, they're not well coached. They're not well coached on offense. Now, their quarterback's part of the problem, too. Don't get me wrong. And so when you fire, when you fire the coach, are you absolving the quarterback? No, you're not. But that being said, you've got to do something to give some life. You've got six games left. You know, you're going to Baltimore this week. You're a Baltimore team that just lost an over, lost on the last play of the game. You know, your defense is starting to decay. You gave up 109 yards rushing to the Raiders last week. Another 185 to Carolina, which you knew Carolina was going to run. The defense has been playing doubleheaders. If you're the general manager, I know you hired them, but at some point you got to say to yourself, look, we got a, we got six games left. I want to try to see what we have here. I know we don't have a quarterback, but i got to see what else we have. I mean, they've lost three overtime games this year, Patrick. Think about that. They lost three overtime games, and you say, well, they're close in a lot of these games. Yeah, but are they really? I mean, they could have lost the Jacksonville game, too. 
We talk every week, and again, it's a 23-10 winner for Carolina. That number closed Pickham. A couple of shops closed Denver. A one-point favorite, Michael Lombardi. Uh, but rock bottom offensively. Russell Wilson threw for a season-low 142 yards. And then once they got inside Carolina's 25, he fumbles the ball. Just a lack of awareness, a lack of focus. And he was approached by a defender on his own team and screamed at. I think everybody saw it on television. Here's Russell Wilson talking about what was said there. Mike and I are on the same page. You know, he he came off, uh, you know, after they they kicked the field goal and he was was pissed off. He just said, we got to F and go, you know. And uh, I agree, you know, so me and him on the same page, we, you know, there's no, uh, there's no uh, animosity there at all. We're on the same page. We, we got to win, you know, we got to come out here and have some, uh, some, some grit to us, some mentality to us. We got to be able to win these, you know, these, these, these football games. And, um, you know, so those guys are out there battling every play, you know, in offense, we got to be able to capitalize. Okay, not fair of me to call him a liar, but certainly disingenuous. There's a disingenuous nature to Russell Wilson, and as a better, and that's what we do, I think there is something here as far as there's no synergy with the team. When a player reacts like that to the captain of the team, essentially, a guy you're paying everything for the next eight years, there's no synergy here. You can't, the players, you can't fool the players, right? You can't fool them. They know the problems, right? They know the coach is a problem. And when that interaction happened, the coach just watched it. Instead of saying, hey, fellas, let's go, you know, like getting involved, Nathaniel's personality is soft. His team's soft. And if you want to keep going six more games of softness, then go ahead. But if you're the owner of the team, you got to go to your general manager and say, what can we do? You know, and Ejo, the defensive coordinator, maybe you put him in charge. They play hard for him, you know. And maybe you go back and try to fix some of the things. But when you can't score points, I mean, in the last three games, Patrick, they scored 36 points. It's unbelievable. I mean, I mean, yesterday, what they had when you take the sacks involved, they had 125 yards of, of passing offense, which they had 160 against the 49ers in week three. I mean, they can't get first downs. They can't convert. I mean, think about this. Carolina was 2-for-12 on third down and won the game handily. The score's 23-10, to 10, but it, it was it was 23 to. It took them 18 tries from the inside the red zone to get that seven points. You just never know. And I mean this. You never know. And Carolina's now 4-8, and eight, a game and a half out of first place in the NFC South. They've got a long way to go here. All kidding aside, listen, Darnold didn't put up eye-popping stats, but he didn't make the mistakes. Right? In no. a couple of big a great throws throw. when he needed to make a big throws. throws. And Dante Foreman has been awesome. They've actually been better since they've gotten away from this McCaffrey kind of thing. Like they, they're, totally. they're a power run team. They they put Chuba Hubbard in there. And this offensive line has really improved. They've really improved. And they've gotten better. They've run the ball. They should be a little bit more dynamic offensively because of DJ Moore. They've got some skilled players. But they're not trying to lose the game. I mean, they're not trying to lose the game. They're trying to say, hey, look, we're going to be in this thing. I mean, last week they are in the Baltimore game. In the Baltimore game, into the fourth quarter. Now, they only scored three points, you know, but they but they were in it. They turned it over late. And, of course, Mayfield's part of the problem. I mean, when this team protects the football, when this team protects the football, they got a chance to win, you know. They have a chance to win the game. And, and their defense is not great. It's a, It's good enough. And they play hard enough. I mean, go back to that game they played against the Rams. The first game Wilkes took over. That's a 24-10 game, but it was a lot closer than that game. Then they beat then they beat Tampa at home. They lose a heartbreaker to Atlanta because they miss an extra point. You know, they get blown out by Cincinnati, and then they come back, beat Atlanta, 
play a tough game against Baltimore? I mean, look, they got a bye week. They got to go to Seattle after this, but then they got Pittsburgh, Detroit at home, and then they finish up with Tampa. I mean, can they win two more games? Sure they can. I think Wilkes has done a great job. I think he's done a great job, too. Uh, you know, it's funny. You and I were sitting here yesterday on the Lombardi line. We're here every weekend, and we joked that non-betters and just football fans looked at the board and said, no good matchups today. History was made. Four teams, yeah. the Bucks, the Jags, the Chargers, and the Raiders, excuse me, the Browns, won despite trailing by seven in the final two minutes. You saw the Jags and Chargers go for two to win it, take a risk. You saw... Obviously, after the game, Kyler Murray throwing your boy Cliff Kingsbury oh. under the bus, which we'll get to. And maybe a breakout for Trevor Lawrence. You know, that's interesting. Yeah, that's kind of one of those performances you need to propel yourself, and that was Lawrence on that final drive. Um, it was unbelievable. And it's Kyler Murray. He's the Ralph Cramden of, of bus drivers. This guy, he'll throw everybody under the bus. I mean, you imagine the two guys that got $250 million are the two guys who can't wait to throw somebody under the bus, Russell Wilson and, and, and Kyler. I mean, it's unbelievable. We should give the Ralph Cramden Award for the best bus drivers. It's unbelievable. He tanked. He tanked and petulantly wanted to get that extension. The capitulation by the him. organization. It's their, it's their The capitulation fault. by the Arizona Cardinals. And now he's back to throwing the head coach under the bus. You can't make the dude happy. Mike White made Jets fans happy. He's next. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the – Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me – see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Lombardi Line, brought to you by BetMGM. Of course, the king of sports books. Visit BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app, which has been reconfigured in game. Slick. If you're in town there in Nevada, stop by any MGM property, bring your state issued ID ready to go. 21 years or older, 1 800 Gambler if you have an issue. Favorite, seven and three straight up, six and four ATS, two picks two pick'ems in the mix. Unders were seven and five, so the dogs on the season 55.6, the unders 56.5. If you're looking at the NFL, head east. How about the AFC East? We'll get to the Jets, but Miami and Buffalo atop at eight and three. Even New England, six and five. And then you look at the NFC East, those four teams in the postseason right now. Philly beat up on the Packers last night. Uh, we'll get to that game coming up in just a bit. Ten and one. And you've got Dallas eight and three, the Giants and Washington both have seven wins, but we head to Jersey where the weather was gross, but the quarterback play from your boy, Mike White. I mean, that first half was really incredible. The way he played, uh, I think it was the most passing yards in the first half by a Jets quarterback since 06. Let's go there and talk about the spark he provided for the Jets and the win. I mean, look, the, just they averaged seven yards per play. I mean, just for the game. I mean, they averaged seven yards per play, and the game was over at, at the half. They were fifty-eight percent on third down in the game, and so what what happened is, and I think I think for Jet fans, you have to feel good about it, is the fact that you were able to run the ball. You got you know you got a big play running by Johnson, touchdown, and then this guy only had six incomplete passes the whole day, so he was efficient when he threw the football. So, you know, at the end of the day, you walk off the field, you got 54 rushes in completion with only six incompletions, and you averaged almost five yards a carry running the football. And once the Bears got through their offense where they kind of showed what they were going to do with Simeon, who got hurt in pregame warm-up and wasn't going to play, but then he was going to play, you know, the, this is the problem when you have a quarterback that runs a six-back offense like Justin Fields, and then the backup is a traditional quarterback. Like you, you, it's you can't change offenses, and that offensive line got exposed, and then problems show up. And the longer the game went, the Jets were able to use their dominance defensively to take it over. So credit to them. I think White just comes in there and, and executed the offense. And look, the Bears are just—they're not a great team. And when they lose their one player who can make an explosive play, it became painful. It's a thirty-one-ten winner, but you just talk about a player a la what Heineke's done with Washington. Look, White completed passes to 10 different receivers, 
And you just have to call out the elephant. I mean, these players did not like Wilson. Wilson threw the like defense him. under the bus. And there's a spark there. There's a spark. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't – you know, it was funny. In the Carolina game yesterday, you were probably weren't watching because it was over. There was a moment where you almost felt like they were going to bench Russ. It was 24-3. to There was a lot of time in the fourth quarter. But, you know, it would have been interesting to see if Rippian went in and what happened. I mean, this is the case where, you know, the first drive of the game – you know, the Jets get the ball, they start the game off, they go, you know, they go, you know, they go nine plays, 75 yards, get five first downs, they get the lead. You know, and then and then even though they weren't able to stop the Bears, you know, the, the Bears came out with, with a nice drive, they had a field goal, then they get a touchdown. They kind of got back into a rhythm again offensively. They lost, the, they lost ball and downs, but they actually looked like an effective offense. They had balance, and this kid made throws in bad weather, and they should. Okay, we lost Michael. A, an interesting stat, and that is Garrett Wilson. We saw some. I think we got Michael back. But, Michael, Garrett Wilson, the rookie, two touchdowns in Week 12 to raise his total to four. Flacco, two to him, and then also Mike White, two to him. So Zach Wilson did nothing with the rookie, and that's and that's important here as far as that chemistry. No doubt, no doubt. And, and look, they, they felt – you could just feel a rhythm to what they were doing offensively. Now, they got to yep. go up to Minnesota and play. That'll be a hard place to play. I mean, their defense is good, so they can play on the road. Their offensive line still is going to be a problem. When they go on the road, it's still going to be an issue. But they have I think they have what Washington has, and I think they have this kind of sense of, okay, we believe in this guy. Let's go. He's going to make his mistakes. He's not going to throw a perfect game, but at least he gives us a chance to execute an offense. Okay, well, let's hear from – remember, last week we sat here on Monday and we played the Wilson cut where he defiantly said, no, he didn't hurt the defense, and – Obviously, that cut got him benched. Here's Mike White. Let's see if there's a difference in energy here. I think, uh, personally, the way I, I approach the quarterback position is being a, a calming presence in the huddle, especially when things aren't going well, because that's when things can start to spiral and, and snowball. But it's, it's just distributing the ball and, and letting them, them be who they are. It's, they're all in that locker room for a reason. This is the NFL. Everybody in that, that wears pads on, on Sundays are, are very good, and, and you just got to get them the ball and, and get their confidence going. And, and once some, someone's confidence is up, I, I, I believe at least that you'll see their game go. It's not about piling on Zach Wilson. He's a young man, and he'll maybe get another opportunity. I don't think it's going to be with the Jets, but there's, but a, difference be this year. there's a difference in personality there. Yeah, time. you can see, you know, it's like, you know, when you go into a locker room, or I don't go into the locker rooms when I was in the league, but when you go into the team, when you go in the meal room or hang around the team, you want your quarterback to kind of be in, you know, be around the players and have kind of a connected connectivity to them. You could see it with Garoppolo. You could see it with, with, with Heineke. You could feel that, right? And if you don't have that, your team's personality doesn't generate through the quarterback. It's very challenging. So, uh, I mean, this really helps the Jets. I mean, I get, give Salah credit. I mean, he made the decision he had to make. I mean, the one thing Zach Wilson did with last Monday's press conference is it forced, he forced his, his hand. hand. He forced, he his, forced hand. his hand. He had no choice. That's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. I, you know what I do have a question for you? Because this is actually quite interesting. So Heineke in Washington, a 1913 winner there. A, a, you saw the play. Deron Payne tipped the ball. That was going to be yep. a touchdown and a winner for Atlanta. Touch wide but open. I digress. One and four start. Through the first five, Washington was one and four. They've won six of seven. They're seven and five, and they're the seven seed now. Heineke hasn't played well. 
yet there is a galvanization to his presence. It's a very odd situation because they're playing, they're running the ball great. Robinson Jr. starting to run the ball well. Could this team be better with Wentz the way they're playing defensively and the way they're running the football now? I don't think so. I think, to me, the team believes in the quarterback. I think the defensively, they played really well. Now, you know, for all their all the conversations that we have, they've been they're six and one over the last seven games, and they've cut way back on their turnovers. Right? They've cut way back on their turnovers, and and they've done a good job of turning the ball over, and they've played better situational football. They're the fourth best team on third down. Their red zone defense dropped after yesterday, but they were 13th in the league in red zone defense going into this going in this weekend. I don't think so. I think that personality has infused the defense. And it is created. Now Heineke's got to do a better job protecting the ball. We call—I mean, he—we—we we say this all the time. He's going to throw interceptions over the middle field. He can't see. He's going to do it, you know. And they were able to overcome that. And they got—and they got a look. They lost the Tennessee game to go one and four when Wentz is throwing for a touchdown, and they lose that game. This is a game they win when Mariota's throwing for a touchdown and has the guy, and they tipped it. Those are the hard throws to make in the red zone. There's always hands up. It's challenging when you throw the ball in the middle of the red zone. You know, somebody gets their hands on it. you got to make a play. Remember this. When you're talking about a red zone throw at the goal line, you want it to be low where it hit, either hits the ground or the or low, and at the back line, you want it to be high. When you throw it over the middle of the field high, it's gonna get t- it has a chance to get tipped. Heineke, that pick at the end of the first half was terrible. He's always going to throw that 50-50 YOLO ball. That's going to get picked. But you mentioned there is a spark. The defense. Now, the defense, Michael, isn't the 49ers. It's not the Cowboys. But they're starting to get good, man. Over their last seven, they're giving up right around 15 points per. And that front, once Chase Young comes back, you love sweat, but you know those Alabama boys. I mean, Payne and Allen in the middle are just monsters. I mean, it's a good defense. I mean, look, they haven't given up. I mean, they won that Monday night. It was a Thursday night against the Bears. But really, when you go back, I mean, it, the, really, the only the Eagles in the second quarter moved the ball. The Eagles, Eagles in Jacksonville in the first two of the three games had 24 first downs of 21. I mean, they've done a good job of, of limiting explosive plays. Yesterday, they couldn't stop the run. I, I kind of think Atlanta might be the best team in the, in the South. I know they're not any good, but Atlanta found a way to run the ball. I said this on the podcast, which I don't think people understand is a really good coach knows how to run the ball. They spent time designing the run. You know, Walsh used to say this all the time. Every coach thinks he wants to draw pass patterns. You know, how do I get a guy open? But coaches that know how to run the ball consistently through the game are the best coaches. And I think Arthur Smith does that as well as anybody. He ran for, you know, yesterday he ran for 160. They only threw for 165. I mean, he's sitting there at the end of the game, and and trust me, I know they're not very good. But they're right there at the end. They're five and seven. They got Pittsburgh this week at home. Then they oh, got a box. Uh, then absolutely. They, they're in the mix. Absolutely. By the by the way, the irony of Smith completely committing to the run all year, and then the turnover was off a pass when he was chunking. Yeah. I mean, there was no reason to go past there. Uh, although they had the open, yeah. it's just a great play by it Payne was wide open. tipping the ball. So that's yeah. but they're in the mix. I mean, listen, if you're Arthur Smith, you get on the plane, you're like, we're in an awesome position. Tampa Bay just lost their five and six. Yeah. We're five and seven. I mean, this is our division to take. They're like the Giants. They look around the plane and say, We're not any good, but we're right here. Like the, the difference between Atlanta and the Giants is so small, right? I mean, there's they just one it, or two plays. Yep. They call it being fortuitous. And to give Atlanta some credit, nobody expected them to be five and seven, so they've Completely Count me as nobody. Count me as nobody. Nobody.
Okay. When we come back, Thomas Gable, you saw he won that big bet somebody placed on the Packers catching oh, six and a half. You called we'll it too. That. Give yourself credit. You called that. <laughs> we'll discuss that next year. Lombardi Line with TG. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Hey, it's Monday, Cyber Monday. Get involved. What you can get right now is 30 bucks free on us. You're going to get a $30 credit at the VEASAN store. We've got a great store with hats and mugs and t-shirts. All you have to do is become a VEASAN pro. First off, becoming a VEASAN pro is going to win you money and we're going to give you money. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You get everything we offer here at VEASAN when you become a pro. Become part of the team. They just won a bunch of money this weekend as well. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. We were just in the lab putting together our bets giving picks for tonight. We're in the mix. No big deal. Michael Lombardi there. Again, I'm Patrick Maher. We welcome you back. We've got Thomas Gable joining yeah. us now from the Borgata, our partner who runs the race and sports book at the Borgata. Let's just have a little fun and let the audience know what it's like to be a bookmaker. You had a kid killing it yesterday, and then he goes and he takes the Packers catching six and a half. Now, we always talk about getting the best of the number. At some point last week at the Borgata, you could have got the Packers catching seven. The game lands seven, but why don't you walk through the roller coaster that was that kid on a hot streak yesterday, Thomas? Yeah, he uh, he had quite a day, and uh, even losing that, that Packers bet last night for, I think it was 187000 uh, he still walked away uh, a winner for the day, and Listen, I, I mean, it could have been a banner day for him if he hit that. I mean, I think he started off the day hitting a $189,000 bet on the Jags. Uh, that was, he got them, I think, plus four. I believe he, he I think he bought a half a point in that, so he took plus four. Um, that game closed three, and obviously the, the Ravens go down and score that late touchdown with two minutes left in that game to go up of seven and then Jags come right back and uh, Trevor Lawrence leads them downfield and then they go for two and then win the, win the game outright. So um, he cashed on that one and then he had a uh, big parlay, I think in the late slate for 50,000 that he hit also where he got, um, uh, he had the Raiders plus three and a half and the, the Cardinals uh, plus two and a half, which obviously got there. So he rolled that parlay over, rolled that parlay over to the uh, the Packers last night, uh, plus six and a half. And you know it's funny because um, you you had said in a text you're like a you know this game is probably going to land seven, and the Eagles went right down, scored a touchdown, opened opened the game, and then they come right back and score again, but they missed the extra point. That's right. And so they're up 13 nothing. And I said at that point to someone here, I said, that could be really bad for us, them missing that extra yeah. point. I was thinking the same and, thing. I was, I was thinking yeah, the exact too. same thing, Thomas. Because when, uh, when the spread's six and a half, I mean, again, the, we opened the Packers plus seven at the beginning of the week and um, moved to six and a half after we took some Packers money. And it stayed six and a half for the remainder of the week. And we had good two-way action uh, at six and a half throughout the week. And then, uh, obviously, uh, that guy came in last night and, and uh, bet the Packers heavy. But uh, luckily for us, the, the Packers ended up missing an extra point later on in the game, which, uh, again, kind of got it back there to that even number of seven. So 
it worked out with the Packers missing that extra point there at one point. But again, even late in the game, I mean, they elect to go for a field goal instead of going for it, uh, instead of trying to get the touchdown when they were down 10. So, um, you know, it was a sweat to the end for him, for sure. You know, it's funny. Uh, a couple things happened that, you know, he's got, they got the fourth and one. LaFleur's going to go for it, and then they get the false start, so he settles for the field goal there in the third quarter. Yep. And then he takes the field goal to get himself a one-score game to get back into it. But did he did he approach you? Because my man Patrick was on it. He said he should have bought the half a point. Did he approach you to buy a half a point? I'm actually surprised he didn't because he did it with the uh, with the Jag not? Uh, earlier. So he bought the half point with that one, and he didn't last night, which was a little surprising, and uh, ended up losing it by a half a point. I mean, look, it's very elementary, three and seven. That's where you start with the key numbers, right, Michael? So the idea of betting that much yeah. and not investing in the half to me is pretty wild. Yeah. I was thinking I was thinking about you the whole time. Okay, uh, that's good stuff, Thomas. Uh, the favorites were seven and three yesterday straight up, six and four ATS with a couple of pickums in the mix. How'd the book do overall at the Borgata? Overall, it was a pretty decent day, I, I have to say. Um you know, the the early slate, but let's just talk about this Bears-Jets game for a minute because I, I knew there was a lot of angst going around um, right at kickoff there when that game started amongst betters because of the news that we heard uh, right before kickoff, which was uh, Bears quarterback uh, Simeon, who was supposed to start. He gets injured in warm-ups, and now he is going to be the backup. And... Uh, you know, you saw kind of a rush. At, now, again, we, we were kind of skewed because we always get Jets money, but, you know, there's a rush of people wanting to bet the Jets at that point. Close seven and a half because we're thinking it's going to be Peterman starting for the Bears. And then ends up Simeon actually does start for the Bears. And, you know, you, you heard a lot of griping from people about that, and with good reason. You know, when the Bears themselves put that news out uh, and, you know, it's it's you have to be careful now with with uh, the teams doing this kind of stuff because I mean let's face it the the league itself is now in bed with with sports betting and uh, you know people are are betting off of news we're reacting off of news and when a team puts out news like that of course everybody's going to react to it so um, that there was it ended up not mattering in the end the Jets uh, covered easily. That was actually a good result for us because the the total in that kept dropping. Uh, people kept pounding the under because of the conditions there. I mean, it was uh, basically a monsoon, but a lot of points were scored and it went over. So we we ended up hitting uh, on the total in that. So that was uh, a pretty good decision for us in that game. Yeah, you know, there was a weekend where it, 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 at the fourth quarters for you, I can only imagine you watching the fourth quarters because. You know, Brady gets the ball back with two thirteen to go. You figure that's an easy he's gonna cash that game, get two first downs, and the and the and the Bucks cover the three and a half, you win that one. You know, the Dolphins has got a thirty nothing lead. You don't even look at that. Next thing you know, the Texans are mounting a comeback and they almost closed that one down. Mm-hmm. And then the nightcapper when you get the you get the, the, the Chiefs who look like they should easily cover that. I mean Bryce Perkins throws for hundred yards and you know, and they end up covering the number at sixteen. Yeah, yep. So, and it was funny because those later games, uh, the late slate wasn't great for us. Um, the Niners uh, closed eight and a half. They covered the number. The Chiefs uh, closed 15 and a half. They covered the number. 
Uh, the the Cardinals obviously won, uh, or I'm sorry, covered the uh, uh, Chargers were favored two and a half there. Cardinals got the cover on that. And then uh, the Raiders won outright there as dogs. Uh, Seahawks closed that game as three and a half point favorites. But um, again, we probably needed Seattle in, uh, in that game there. And um, that didn't come through. So the late slate wasn't great for us, but uh, the the early games certainly were, and of course the the Packers Eagles game was pretty good for us as well. But yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff comes down to the fourth quarter, as always in this league. It's it's every Sunday um, when when the point yeah. spreads involved, uh, you you can never really turn off a game. Well, it's never happened before. You had four teams: the Browns, the Jags, the Chargers, and Raiders win despite trailing by seven in the final two minutes. I mean, it's just chaos every yeah. week. That's why. This freaking league, Michael and Thomas, it delivers every so single week. It's so good. You it, had forty-three it, it really million does. watched. The, it, 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 it's, it's just we. I say that I'm a broken record on Mondays. Who are they betting tonight? We were a little surprised we're not three with Indy, of course Pittsburgh and Pickett in town. Who are they betting at the Borgata? Very evenly that game here. Uh, Colts are lying two and a half, um, but a very, very evenly bet game right now between tickets and money. So uh, not much of a decision right now. Obviously, long way till, to kick off tonight. But uh, total sitting at 39.5, and, and that really hasn't moved from where we opened it. Uh, we know this Colts defense is, you know, I, I like to call them sneaky good. Uh, and the Steelers defense obviously has also been playing a lot better now. Watt is back for them. So uh, this could end up being a defensive battle tonight. Uh, we We've seen, obviously, the, the Colts' uh, offense under Matt Ryan once Saturday took over. Uh, a lot, it just, it, it's a much better offense when Ryan's in there than Hellinger was. Uh, but uh, I think, again, these are two offenses that could potentially struggle here So and two defenses that have been playing well. Okay. That's coming up tonight, of course, Indy. And Pittsburgh closing out week 12. A little surprised by the number. We shall see. Thomas, and it's busy, man. You had college basketball. You've got the World Cup going on in front of you. you got the USA playing Iran tomorrow. So it's going to be another busy week for you, TG. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you next time, okay? All right. Thanks, thanks TG. Guys. Yeah, it's one time of year. Ooh, Brazil just scored as well after they had one taken away by VAR. Michael Lombardi was telling me about Brazil's squad during the break. The extensive yeah, I love breakdown Brazil. from the big I really guy. do. I know you do. And I know you love Tom Brady. Now, when we come back, something happened for the first wow. time in Tom Brady's career yesterday. And uh, I'll tell you exactly what it was. Something that was, you didn't see it coming. Specifically, you had, and I thought you were a winner the whole entire game with the Bucks. That was ridiculous at the end there. We'll come back Russo and discuss. Got, Russo must be. Oh, Russo don't even, has a four-leaf clover somewhere. Don't, don't even get me up, started on that. Stuck him. up that act, you know. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. 
I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, football fans, you can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first touchdown score prop on any Monday or Thursday night pro football game. Hey, that's tonight. And if your bet loses, you're going to receive up to 25 bucks back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log into your account, download the BetMGM app, and sign up today. Okay, so again, first touchdown score prop tonight. You can get 25 bucks back in free bets if your bet doesn't cash over at BetMGM. you got to be 21 years or older if you have a gambling problem. It's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Lombardi Line on a Monday. We've got our guy Pritch coming just about 45 minutes, so plenty to do here. I, I mentioned and I teased you that Brady, something happened to Brady that hadn't happened in a long time, in fact, ever. Brady was 218-0 and 0 when he was leading by seven in the final two minutes in his career. Last night, that flips, of course, a 23-17 winner for the Browns. Every opportunity for the Bucs to win that football game. Look, you know, we talk about the fourth quarter, how it tilts the field, right? You know, and, and that's what happened. I mean, the Bucs have a chance to uh, game management set up per you know, they were horrible in game management in the game. So they get the ball back with, I think, 213 or two somewhere in the 230 range in the fourth quarter. I'll get it here, Patrick. And, you know, they come right out there and, and they run the ball on first down. They lose three yards. You know, they lose three yards. And so, okay, then the next play, the next play, they, they throw it, stops the clock. They stop the clock. And, you know, and, and then, then after that, 
you know, they, they get sacked, and, and, and they basically take 14 seconds off the clock. They do nothing. They get the ball at 235. They give it back at 210. It took 25 seconds off the clock. Now, the whole fourth quarter, the whole fourth quarter, they had every opportunity to put the game away. I mean, as we say on the show, Cleveland jumped off to that 10 nothing or 10-7 start, right? We knew that. They scored on the two first two drives of the game. They had two seven-play drives. And, and then Brady's last – the, the, the Bucks' last score is with 7.41 to go in the third. After that, they punted, they punted six times and had the end of the half, end of the game. I mean, they deserved to lose that. They should have covered that by two touchdowns. It's a oh, bad yeah. beat. If you took the Browns, pat yourself on the back and say, boy, that was a great win, great handicap, I don't think it was. I, I think, to me, the right side was the Bucks, but the, they didn't execute down the stretch. They didn't execute. And every chance to execute, they didn't do it. They were just unable to put away Cleveland. Cleveland had 11 total yards in the third quarter. 11. And Cleveland's defense kept the home team in the game. Well, let's hear from Brissett. That, that, uh, think about oh, what you just said. Cleveland's defense kept him in the game. How can Cleveland's defense keep anybody in the game? <laughs> Led by Garrett, of course. The Browns sacked Tom Brady three times after halftime. They didn't touch him in the first. So, again, uh, the Bucks were 4 of 15 on third down. I mean, they just, uh, again, if you watch that game, the flow of the game, they had every opportunity to put him away. Now, it's interesting with Brissett, right? He picks up a win here, and it looks like it's going to be Watson moving forward. Let's hear from Jacoby Brissett after the game. Well, uh, I mean, it's in no disrespect, uh, but in the words of Tom Brady, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. So Brissett in a good mood. He said it's effing awesome. I think yeah, that I was mean, what Brady said after Germany. I mean, look, a fourth and ten, you got a chance to win the game. They run the middle read to Joku. You know it's coming, and it makes and the kid makes a hell of a throw, but it makes a better catch. And you lose the game. I mean, you get you get a stop there on that drive, you win the game. But that Tampa has no one to blame but themselves. I mean, at a point, you know, you've got to be able to adjust the game. You've got to be able to figure out how we're going to handle this. And when you get when you don't get any points with seven minutes to go in the third quarter in a in a one score game, you're probably going to lose. You're giving the team too many at bats. And this is on Bowles, and this is on Leftwich. I mean, their offense is just boring. And, and the fact that they couldn't move the ball more effectively, they ran for 96 yards. The week before, Buffalo ran for 171. I mean, the week before that, Miami ran for 195. You know, so, like, you can't run the ball. Like, you can't come up. This goes back to what I said earlier on the show, what Walsh talks about. You've got to find a way to run the ball. You got to find a way to design runs when you need to. You get the ball back with 2:30 to go in the game and you could put the game away. You're up by 7. All it's going to take is two first downs and you got the greatest quarterback of all time and you can't figure out a way to win whether it's man routes or zone routes. Are you kidding me? Just I think boring's the perfect descriptor for the Bucks, but also just a it seems like there's a malaise over this team. It's not just the Brady off the field stuff. It, you know, Bulls is, he always hung his hat on stopping the run. They can't do that. It's just, there's a weird vibe around this Bucks team this year. They're five and six. There really they is. They may not win that. It's, it's wild. They're prohibitive favorites in that division, but I'd almost like to see somebody put, obviously pick them off there. Who? Who's going to beat them? Uh, you're Carolina I mean, like, Panthers. I, that's why I think, it, how about Atlanta? <laughs> I mean, Atlanta might be the, I mean, even though they're terrible on, nobody's any good. Terrible. Nobody's any good the, in that division. So here's where it gets interesting. 
I mean, the NFL set this up perfectly. So I believe today is when Deshaun Watson is eligible officially to return. He's going to start in Houston next week. You want to take a stab at Cleveland Watson under center at Houston? I mean, Houston's so bad. I mean, Houston has got bad to bad or to bad. I mean, they're so bad <laughs> that I think to me, I, I, I mean, they're so bad. I, I would say seven. I mean, yeah, because one it. thing, Houston can't play any run defense. Right, they can't play any run defense. They want to be in a seven-man front, and all that's going to happen is is that that's it's going to give Watson a chance where they can run the football. Yep, it's seven. Uh, Deshaun Watson in Cleveland at Houston, so he returns uh, to Houston, and that's where they sit now. It's an interesting situation, right? Because Cleveland's four and seven, but you've got the two in the North in Baltimore and Cincinnati sitting seven and four, so they're not going to win that division. It'll be interesting to see how Watson, who hasn't played in forever, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I think they got to gradually work him back in, right? I don't think you can just put him out there and say, okay, you know, here he goes. Let's start running drop. They're not going to run. They're going to run their offense. They'll have a good opening drive of the game. And, you know, they'll, they got to run boots and nakeds. And you can run the ball on this Houston team. I mean, if I'm in Houston and I'm Nick Cesario and I'm the owner – I mean, where are we? we haven't gotten, we haven't shown any improvement in three years. And you said, just looking at the roster, I think you were telling me yesterday, it's just Houston isn't a very talented roster. The construct is, I mean, you can talk about Lovey Smith, but the roster is not there. Not there at all. I mean, they're terrible. They're not very good. They're not good up front. They're not, they're one of the worst coached offensive teams I've seen. I mean, you know, they're so, they're a high school offense. And they, Houston, lost 30-15 to at Miami yesterday. Remember, that closed 14, so a cover, and they pulled Tua in this matchup, a cover for Miami, 30-15 to over Houston. I mean, that game was over so fast, you know, and you're probably ugly. cursing yourself why you didn't lay the 14. And if they didn't take the second half off, I don't know, what, you know, it could have been a 50-point cover. I mean... They basically made it, and you know, then you're like I told TG, you're kind of you're nervous. They're they're gonna you're nervous. They're not gonna cover. Yeah, that was. Um, it's almost it was dis, it was a dispirited performance by uh, Houston. Let's go to the Dolphins. Eight wins. Where are you right now on the Miami Dolphins? Well, we're gonna we're gonna find out. You know, we're gonna find out. Armstead got hurt yesterday, a pec injury, which I think is significant. No left tackle. You're going to go out and play San Francisco. We'll find out how good they are defensively. You know what their schedule is? They have not been is? consistently good. It gets harder you. now. They go at San Francisco. My assumption is, will they stay on the West Coast? Because then they're at the Chargers. And then they go at Buffalo. Miami goes at San Fran, at Chargers, at Buffalo, their next three. Yeah. That, I mean, that Buffalo one will be cold. It will be very difficult. You know, Buffalo's got the Thursday night against New England, you know? They've got to start to play better. Buffalo hasn't played well either. Well, they stay out there, so they're going to go to San Francisco on the 4th, December 4th, and then the next Sunday they play at the Chargers. So my assumption is they stay out in California if you're the Miami Dolphins because that's a hell of a travel. Usually, yeah, usually you do. Stay right there. I mean, and I'm sure they can. You know, it works out. It, it kind of helps your team. It bonds. It's the perfect time to do it later in the year. That is a brutal schedule. I mean, they go at – this is Miami to close out the year. At San Fran, at Chargers, at Buffalo. They host Green Bay. They're at New England, and then they host the Jets. So they go in division a lot to close out the year. 
as the rest of the league is. So we're going to find, you just said it perfectly. There are eight wins in. We're going to find out about the Dolphins as you take a look at the schedule right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy. I mean, they've had their easy schedule. I mean, think about what they've had, right? I mean, they've played, they've had, you know, I mean, that Viking game, they lost, they were hurt. The Jet game, they lost. And when he's come back, since he's been back, they've had the Steelers. That was a close game, right? You know, he's trying to throw the Lions, they, they, that was a close game until the half. The Bears game was a close game until the you know the line of final drive. You know they've been able to win those games. I don't know how good they are on defense, and certainly yesterday wasn't any test of where they are defensively. The Chargers go for two in the desert. It pays off for your boy Staley. Also, if you haven't heard what Kyler said about his head coach, oh my it's God. pretty wild. You're going to hear it next here on the Lombardi Line. Football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first touchdown score or prop bet on any Monday or Thursday night pro football game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Is available all season long. Is available all season long. Is available. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 